All right. How you doing, everyone? Good afternoon or good morning, depending on wherever you are and when are you listening to this? This is episode 11 of the Restricted Zone podcast. And today, me and my fellow co-host, Chris, introduce yourself. Yo, yo, how's everybody doing? And a special guest, the NBA draft expert, Kyrie. Introduce yourself, Kyrie. What's good, everybody? Thanks for having me, bro. Always, always. So, you know, you guys know today it's a good day. On Wednesday, the NBA draft took place. A lot of things happened. Some picks were taken. A lot of people were surprised. Some were doubtful. Overall, not too many people thought really highly of, of the 2020 NBA draft class. They thought it was pretty weak. It was just more like, you know, picking these prospects and just taking the gamble and seeing, you know, what if they, they could do. But we're going to grade each team based on their draft selection on Wednesday. And we're going to start off with the Easter Conference first. I can't wait. We're going to start off with the Atlantic Division first. So we're going to start off with the Toronto Raptors. So the so the so the Toronto Raptors. Uh, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna let you guys go ahead. So what do you think about the Toronto Raptors draft selection? Um, I'll start off. So I really like Malachi Flynn. I found out about him like late into the college basketball season, like once uh, San Diego State was done doing their business. Um. I feel like they picked him up as, like, a relief just in case Fred Van Vliet wasn't going to re-shine, which I thought was a solid move. But he he ended up doing so anyway in the long run. But I think he's still, like, a solid back uh, backup point guard. He brings a lot of toughness and a lot of uh, a lot of floor spacing. And a lot of people, like like you said, a lot of people had to do their research on him because he played he played for San Diego State, the same college Kawhi Leonard came from. I think yep. maybe that's – right. Yep. So he was doing really well in, in the season. Like, he was – really really well you know a lot of people didn't really think he would you know make it to the nba or you know get drafted to the high position just because he's not really athletic he's more of a finesse point guard he knows how to use his body body control uh he's a great passer he could definitely score the ball uh a lot of then the age factor too you know nba teams love you know the young you know 19 20 when you're like 22 23 and he really uh and he really knows the game he definitely knows the game too. I I like the pick for the Raptors. They got a backup point guard in, in Fred Blanfield. Uh, Jalen Harris, another one he doesn't get talked about. He was actually doing pretty well inside Nevada. I don't know why they really drafted him when you got uh Flynn. I'm not sure exactly where they're going with that. I don't know what they really got planned for him. Uh, he could play the two as well, so maybe that's where they that they drafted him to probably play the two as a backup. You know, if he you know could reach up to his potential. But I, if I had the grade, I'd give it a B, B plus. I'd give, uh, I'd give Toronto a B also. I really like the Malachi Flynn pick, but like you were talking about, um, the Jalen Harris pick, I've never really heard about him, to be honest with you. Um, from the highlights I've seen from after the draft, he seems to be a really good scorer. He scored at a high clip at Nevada. Um, right. So I, uh, I do wish him the best. I do, I do hope I can see him uh, get some playing time. So he has. Wait, so uh, Chris, what's your thoughts on the Raptors selecting – how you say his first name? Malachi. 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 I said Malachi. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, kind of like what Kyrie said. I mean, I mean, obviously he's a shooter, which is good and everything, but he's very small for a point guard position. And they re-signed Fred Van Vliet. So now where does he fit into this scenario? Like the only time he's really going to get playing time is if, let's say, Kyle Lowry gets hurt and then Fred Van Vliet has to start and then he'll be the backup. But if Lowry stays healthy, and Van Vliet's the backup, where's he going to fit in? Right, so, right. 
So it's honestly, it, honestly, the Raptors just kind of like they just made a pick to make a pick. I honestly don't know when we'll see him play. I don't know how he'll be able to do, but I mean, he can shoot. But then again, he's small. He's small for a point guard position. So where does he really fit in with the Raptors? He, for all we know, he could just be in the G League for ten years as of right now. So I, I mean, it was a pick, but it was just. It just they just did just to pick somebody. It could have just been best available. And right. another and another thing coming over what Chris said. I mean, like, what does Flynn does that's more outstanding than what Fred Blanfee does? You know, it's just one of those things you want to sit back and just consider. But I think the Raptors probably saw something, you know, in them, and that's why they, they took that pick. And and not to mention Kyle Lowry does have like a history of injuries. So yeah, it, like people like are saying, there there may be a lot of situations, maybe. 25, 30 games in the season where Fred Van Vliet is starting and Malachi Flynn has to back up that point guard spot. No, like Kyle Lowry definitely has an injury history, but moving on, the Boston Celtics. I'm a, I mean, go ahead, take it away. What you guys think? What you think about them drafting Aaron Nixmith, Peyton Pritchard, and Yan Madar from Israel? I don't know who Yan Madar is, actually. That's so, one I'm not sure about. I'm not going to lie, outside of the Aaron Nesmith pick, because that's who I really felt like the Boston Celtics need as an extra scoring punch off the bench. He's Absolutely. probably the best shooter in college basketball. Um, he does have some injury problems, but he's just an automatic scorer. And I feel like he'll do really great coming off Boston's bench to balance out Marcus Smart, that offensive defense kind of thing, um, in their backcourt. But uh, outside of that, the rest of the picks I was pretty disappointing in. I don't really see where Peyton Pritchard fits in. Um, you know he's a winner. You know he's competitive. He has a lot of skills. He's a great floor general. Everybody loved him at Oregon. But I just they, I just don't see where he fits in. They have Kemba Walker. They just drafted Carson Edwards last year, who was another small point guard, which Boston doesn't right. Like Yeah, like. Where you know. does he fit? <laughs> like, like, just coming off what you said, where does, you know, where does he fit? I mean, I guess, you know, if he does well training camp and stuff like that. He gets some time inside a rotation, but I just don't see any reason for them to pick that. Besides Aaron, obviously drafting him. I think if I had to really be honest, I don't know. This Their draft was really – if I had to grade it, I mean, I had to give it a C. I don't really see – Yeah, I, I give it a C plus. Like, I give it a C just the strength of that. They drafted two point guards after Aaron, which is mind-boggling to me. So, I don't know what they're doing stocking up that point guard position. I, I don't know how to really describe it. I mean, Chris, you want to fill in on that? I'm not even sure. I mean, you know, I mean, people just make picks, so the picks could be used to just trade bit. But at the end of the day, uh, the main focus for the Boston Celtics was their first-round selection, Naismith. And, I mean, on paper, he looks like he'll be a really good fit to come off the bench and give him a scoring punch that they need. Uh, he shot really well from three-point three arc. Um, he averaged about 23 a game, so – on paper, it looks like a really good fit for them. I'd probably give them a seat, too. I mean, they nailed their first pick, but, I mean, the other, the second-round picks, I mean, there's not really much you can do about it. They could just be used for trade bait, could just be in the G League. And, I mean, yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from with that, Chris, because, as everybody knows, Danny Ainge is quick to pull a trade for anybody, and we've seen that. We've seen them use their draft pick leverage to uh, to land a lot of people that are laying higher picks in recent drafts. Definitely my, thing, my thing, though, was bosses made weakness – which is rebounding and defense in the paint, they pretty much avoided in this draft, I feel like. And even though this draft wasn't, like, big man heavy or deep in the big man position, I feel like they could have made a trade up to at least get somebody respect respectable like Jalen Smith um, from Maryland that ended up going to Phoenix. Um, I think, 
But I think because of that, I think that shows them they have faith in Robert Williams, who I think will still fit in pretty well once he just develops some more. Yeah, yeah, and I love Robert Williams, but he just doesn't seem to get consistent playing time. And I, I really can't understand why, because Daniel Tice, he, he does his job. He's serviceable, but yeah. I don't think he's really that guy they need down low. All right. So, I mean, so I guess pretty much overall, overall consensus for the Boston Celtics draft selection is just a C. Kyrie says C plus. I mean, that's pretty much the general consensus here. All right. So now the next team is the Brooklyn Nets. Usually it's the Philadelphia, but we're going to save them for last in this division, in particular the Atlantic division. But we're going to go to the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, I'm swinging to you guys. Like, what do you think about them? Um, so Reggie Perry, I didn't really see too much of in college. Uh, I know the Nets weren't really focused. I feel like the Nets weren't really focused on this year's draft per se because of how prevalent they they were trying to be in free agency and and drafting. We everybody knows about them. In uh, rumors talking about trading for James Harden or something like that. So maybe their draft picks didn't really carry as much meaning as other teams would have. Maybe they're just trade bait to make a package for Harden or another big-time player to uh, to throw in at the third guy next to Kyrie and KD? I mean, he could be a rotational center for the Nets, obviously, because of his because of his rebounding instincts. Like, he was a pretty good rebounder when he played against Kentucky. He was, like, just trying to grab all the boards. Like, he just knew where the ball was at and grabbed the ball. He just got great rebounding instincts. Uh, offensively, he was – I can't say he's really a threat, but he's definitely a great defender. He's definitely a good rebounder. Um, I don't really – yeah, maybe the Nets weren't really looking for anyone. They probably just picked him up because they thought, you know, he'd be a pretty good pick. Maybe like a rotational piece. So, I mean, so what grade would you give it, Kyrie? What, what grade would you give it? Uh, I'd probably give it a C. A C. Yeah, I, I'm feeling a C too. What do you think, Chris? I mean, not, well, I mean what, it's not really much what you can say, just basically say. All right. So making that transition, we go to the New York Knicks. A Knicks fan, let you beat yourself. Go ahead, clap, clap for the Knicks. Yeah, I'm the uh, I'm the sorry Knicks fan here, guys. <laughs> man, yeah. listen, I'm gonna let you go ahead first. You're the Knicks fan. I'm gonna let Chris go ahead. And I'm gonna get my two cents in. Look, so first off, I just want to say I'm ecstatic about drafting Obi Toppin. I feel like he'll bring a great energy to New York. He's from there. He's electric. He's box office. He'll bring. He'll bring. Well, I don't know how many. Uh, fans to be there because of COVID, the whole COVID situation. But he'll bring like fans on the outside. I guess he'll make people start believing in the New York Knicks again. And I do like the Emmanuel quickly pick up. Um, the Knicks have had like problems scoring with point guards off their bench or whatever. So I feel like he, the way he stretched the floor at Kentucky, could really make it translate to the NBA in, uh, in the next couple of years for the Knicks. Man, I loved the Obi Toppin pick. I didn't think – I thought he'd be a top four, top five pick. And I'm surprised he fell to the eight. But, hey, it worked out for you guys, right? So, you're not complaining about it. Yeah, you yeah I'm, I'm giving an A. I'm giving an A. <laughs> Listen. You say, wait, time out. You say it's going to be a top four? Yeah, they in various mocks draft, they had him going to – he was originally a top three until, until what, after the combine? And then it was just like – he didn't go to the combine, obviously, but he kind of slipped from being a top three – then it went to top five, and then he was a little bit sliding down. But throughout most of the time, I mean, he, they had him as a top three, top five pick. What team? I mean, I like Obi Toppin, but what team would he go to at the top? At the four, the top fourteen. Uh, let me see. It was Minnesota, Golden State, Charlotte, and Chicago. 
what team would he go to? What team? What team could Obi Toppin fit to? I'm trying to think. That's that, exactly my well, point. They did have him linked to the Warriors like early, like early in the draft process. They did a lot of teams did have him linked to the Warriors. That's probably the only team I could see. Right, but the, again, the Warriors don't really need somebody like Obi Toppin. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's that's what I'm saying. At the top four, what team would you go to? Chicago really doesn't even have Lauren Markkinen. The the Obi Toppin off paper already plays or well from what I saw plays like a Miles Bridges. They don't need two of them in Charlotte. Right, right. Um, so so ex- my, that's why I'm asking you. You thought he was going to be a top four pick. Where would he go? You right that well if okay. you want to search the top five he could he could have carved himself out of space in Cleveland I feel like he would have really fit uh, in well in Cleveland if they I would I would I wouldn't want him going to Cleveland because Cleveland just they don't really do a good job developing the prospects but I mean like you said he could he could yeah I think yeah maybe Cleveland would have been the team to, to go to I mean I all I know is he was really rated as a they had him as going as number. He top three, top four. I like at the end of the day, that depends on the general managers who they think. Some people just take, you know, the best talent available regardless of position. But right. you know, but at the end of the day, Obi Toppin fell number eight. That's not bad. He was still a top ten pick. Uh he fell uh, to- I was I was happy he fell to us because I didn't think he was gonna fall that low. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just didn't feel I thought he he probably get snagged at five. Probably, I don't I'm not sure, but I love the Emmanuel quickly pick. You gotta be ecstatic about that. I mean, I'm a Kentucky fan. I watched him, how he made that transition from his freshman year to his sophomore year. People thought he was gonna transfer. They thought he wasn't built for Kentucky. He showed them wrong. SEC player of the year, 42% from the three, 98.7 from the free throw line. Like listen, you just as a Knicks man, is just not like you look at that and you just say, Oh yeah, we got we got a good one. So um, yeah, I'm gonna give it an A. Definitely give it an A plus. A plus. There's only one thing. There's only one thing I'm nervous about Obi Toppin. I'm really nervous. I really don't want him to become like a Derrick Williams. That's the only thing I'm nervous about. That's Ooh. a great. That's a great hey. comparison. I see a hey. lot of that. Derrick Williams. Derrick Williams. A lot of and a lot of people didn't have him being. A, a lot of people thought he was hey. going to really contribute. Right. Like. And really. And really. That's, turn that's why I'm nervous. He remember he was number two behind Kyrie. Mm-hmm. But who was in that draft class again, too? Who could have they took beside Derrick Williams? I'm trying to think. Who went number three? Right after Clay Thompson was in that draft class. Um, oh, my. Oh. Yeah, Kemba Walker in that draft oh, class. Oh, man. Yeah. It was 2011, right? Enos Cantor was in that class. Ooh. Uh, and, 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 yeah. I think he, he's still in the league. He's still in the league. He's still in the league. He's serviceable. He's serviceable. He's serviceable. All right. Yeah. Last but not least in the Atlantic Division. My team, the Philadelphia 76ers. Let's give it up. Let's go. Let's give it up. I love Tyree Maxey. I called you, Kyrie. I said if he didn't get drafted in the lottery, they're gonna make a big mistake. I I want him to get drafted in the lottery, but it's fine. I'm listen, I'm glad. I just as much as you're happy with your Kentucky product, you made it quickly. I'm just as happy with Tyree's Maxey. I feel like he fell low because, like I said, in Kentucky. You're not gonna go there and think you're, you're taking like 17, 16 shots a game. Average, like that's no. not how John Calipari runs his team. He does no. not. You, you sacrifice and play team basketball. That's why so many of the Kentucky players right now they're thriving. They thrive in the bubble. Like so, uh-huh. that's why. And actually did a good job of, of learning how to play without the ball in his hands. A lot of times exactly. in Kentucky, he was coming off the screen and. Exactly. 
I'm coming off a pin down and stuff like that, spotting up in the corner and spotting up around the three. He fits so, he really so well with that. Oh, uh, definitely. He like is, and that's why I think teams were looking at his his stats. They were looking like, well, he didn't really average because everyone had him being the leading scorer for Kentucky coming into the season. He didn't, and I just felt like because you know he's playing with two other guards, so I think that kind of diminished some of his light. But no doubt in my mind, he's a lottery mm-hmm. talent. I'm glad he fell. He fell over to us. And in the, the Arkansas's point guard, man. Isaiah Joe. Can I tell you how? Isaiah Joe's another shooter. Another, another like, can I say the Sixers did exceptionally well? Like, sometimes I look at this draft and I feel like this draft class was weak, but it kind of a little bit, a little bit offsets the 2017 to Markel turning out to be a, a disaster, which I don't know whose fault is it at this yeah. point. The it's, Sixers, it's, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, the Sixers, <laughs> I mean, the this draft. You probably see it out to Brescia. Brown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm just like this draft was just so good for the Sixers. The overall, this offseason, and even and even your second round pick, your other second round pick, Paul Reed from DePaul, he's a really solid player. He's oh, a really solid player. How did, I, how did I forget to mention? Him? I was just so focused on the Tyrese, and I, I was just like, man, this draft was just exceptionally well. I mean, this offseason for the Sixers has just been exceptionally well. I mean, now we're like. If we went from just, okay, you guys are like the middle contenders in the East, like we know you guys are like good, now we're like competitors. Like we can, like we see the Sixers competing for the finals now. It's not some like, oh, that's just crazy. Sixers going to the finals, that's not happening. And that's not even just because, just strictly off for their um their draft choice. They made a lot of good free agent moves and just other team moves, like getting rid of um, Al Horford's big contract, sending him to OKC for, who was it, Danny Green? Yeah, green. A lot of people. Also, the Josh Richardson trade for Seth Curry. I love Josh Richardson, sure. and I felt I, I really thought I honestly thought he was going to fit in great for um Philly as that two guard, the three and D. No, really you know what? I, I felt like I wanted the Sixers to give Josh one more chance. Maybe under Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers's approach and coaching, maybe he right. right. But you know, I'm not complaining with Seth Curry. He a lifestyle shooter himself. Can't mm-hmm. really complain. Uh. And then, of course, to offload the Al Horford's contract, we had to throw some draft picks in. No one's going to take that contract at his age. Was he 34? You know, no one's going to take that with the money in his contract at his age. Of course, you got to throw some cherry on the top, too, to make it acceptable. But Yeah, that yeah. was that was just it. Was I mean, I'm, like I was, I'm giving this, I'm giving the Sixers an A+. Plus. What about, oh, Chris, you didn't even put your input in. I'm sorry, man. Just I was carried away. Sixers in here talking crazy. I mean – I, I mean, Tyrese Maxey, what I've seen, he is a pretty solid player. I mean, I got to see how he does um, backing up Simmons or whoever the backup point guard will be along with him. But, I mean, again, when I saw when I was watching him, he looked like a pretty solid player. It's a good addition. He's probably going to play the one. He's a little, to me, I think he's too small to play the two guard. So, yeah. I want to see how he's going to do controlling the ball now. But it was a good pickup. I'm also the Sixers. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Okay. No, I was saying he honestly reminds me of like a bigger Lou Williams. Mm. Right. Right. Not like that electric to his game. He, he, right, right. He just, but you know, solid yeah, like, spark you plug. See, you right. He's gonna be efficient like Lou too, though. Ah, right. And I what was because even though Lou's small, he know Lou knows how to score over taller defenders. Yes, yeah, he yeah, he uses body well. Yes, he I does. Mean, and like I said, I mean so far Sixers, I mean, y'all got rid of that contract. I don't really know what good any green will do because he had a subpar year last year. I did like the Seth Curry pickup or trade. 
Uh, but y'all make a break. It's gonna come down to Tobias Harris. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's gonna be y'all make a break. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Kyrie. Like, w- would you want to give Tobias one more shot under Doc Rivers just to see how he would? You have no choice. You have no choice. Who's you pick million? that man. <laughs> Who wants to take a hundred million dollars to buy his hairs? Yeah, you pay that man. You you yeah. got him. You you got to make him work. You got to at least try to make it work out at least the next two three years. Yeah, y'all tied to him, but I'm not. I'm I'm not long. I'm not long to buy his hairs. I actually really like to buy his hairs. He's just inconsistent, and it's sad because he he has the ability to score from all three levels, from three, from mid range, and he can get into the paint. So it's like. He has all that in his bag, and he can't tie it all together consistently at times when the Sixers really need him and when they really need to win. Man. A lot of playoffs this year when Ben Simmons went down. I mean, I just feel like that, like I said, this offseason, just it was like a big change for the Sixers. Like, our future is really, really bright now. Like, I can see us going to the finals. It, yeah, it's, so I'll definitely give y'all draft class an A also. Oh, yeah, A, a plus, A plus. So what about you, Chris? A minus. A minus. All right. Overall, an A. I like it. So now we go to. Oh wait, I'm trying to fix my my laptop. All right. Now we go to the next division, the Central Division, the Milwaukee Bucks. They had a draft pick, but they traded it to the uh, to the Hornets. They and that draft pick turned out to be Nick Richards. So, uh, I mean. Yeah, so I guess since because they don't really have a draft pick, we could talk about their offseason moves or or their uh their attempted offseason moves. Right. Like, and, it, and, he, and he traded RJ Hampton too, another draft pick they originally had the twenty fourth spot. They traded that as well. So yeah. Yeah. I mean the only draft pick they kept was Jordan Nor Nora N W O R A. I have trouble pronouncing his last name. He's from Louisville. Jordan so, Nora from Louisville was awesome. It was actually a solid pick. I was waiting for I was hoping the Knicks could pick him up. In the second round, I was hoping he would fall to us in the second round. But he's a solid shooter. He's about six seven. He has a big body. He honestly kind of reminds me of Tobias Harris, phys- like physically. But he has a great touch. Um, I just want to see him improve on his defense. I feel like that ha- that that'll be his bread and butter as a three and D wing to get consistent minutes from Milwaukee. That's a stack team that's ready to uh, compete for the playoffs right now. So uh, we don't know how much we don't know how much playing time or. Or anything right the big the dog. big fact that the hem is just playing time but i mean i i don't know what grade to give it honestly i'm i'm not i'm not i don't know what grade to give it honestly i'm not sure i don't like chris what do you what do you think about the bucks uh david from louisville what do you think about that i mean i don't really hear much of him or see much of him so i'm really not sure what to think of it but i will say i did really like their trade to get drew holiday because mm-hmm. eric Wessel wasn't doing it Eric Bledsoe wasn't cutting it. So, do you think they're going to be able to cut it without getting bogged on, like they're preparing for? Or like they're um, I think uh, I, I feel th- like I say yes or no. I don't, I think I mean Bogdan. I don't think really. I don't think Bogdan wants to go to Milwaukee. I think that's for sure. I don't know. He probably wants to go somewhere else, or he's going to stay with the Kings because he's a restricted free agent. But I mean, just the people that they were going to give the Kings in the trade. I mean, DiVincenzo's a really good player. I think. I think he's. Still a good three and D guy. He just has to develop some more. I think they're not really in a bad situation. They just wanted an extra shooter, but they didn't really necessarily need it. That's not what that's not what killed them in the playoffs. What killed them is that is mainly their defense and they're just too uh dependent on Giannis. That's yeah, what killed I feel, them. I feel like their offense was just too predictable at times. 
Right, exactly. They just get the boy Giannis say, just make it work somehow. So I don't really think they needed more shoes. I just think somebody like Drew Holiday, somebody that could, I guess, run the offense a little bit better, and he's somebody that can score, that it can also score on guard as well. So I, that's why I think it was a really good pickup. All right, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably give Milwaukee like their offseason moves aside. I'd give their just their draft probably a C plus. I just give it a C just based on the strength of it's just a matter of can he get some can he fit into the road can he get into the rotation that's the big thing what about you Chris what's the draft I'll just give him a C just give him a C all right the next team Indiana Pacers now they only had one pick in the draft it was at the 54 uh the second round the 54 pick they drafted Cassius Stanley from Duke the freshman he's 6'6 I actually like the pick. I was just talking to Chris about it. Like, he's a 3 and D type of guy. He Obviously, we all know how athletic Cassie Stanley is. And then he just got that defensive versatility. Like, he actually uses his athleticism to make it hard for opponents he's guarding. So, right. like, he's a tough – he's a 3 and D type of guy. I think he's going to fit into the Pacers culture. Um, I, I, I'm going to give the pick an A. I thought the Pacers only had one pick, and they took a, you know, a guy like Cassie Stanley from Duke. I think he's going to thrive. A? I'm going to give it an A. I'm Why? Cassie Stanley is a three and D. He only offensively he's limited, but he can always improve in that. Everything else he checks. He's a but solid. They, they already, but they already got three and Ds. But but okay, like I said, he can move up and get into the rotation. I feel like it's not really a bad pick for the Pacers because at that at that pick, who could you really have drafted at the Pacers? Who knows if he's even going to be on the roster? I think Cassie Stanley can make the roster. He still got to get through the. I think he get through. defense because defense gets you time. So I feel like he's gonna play. He's gonna use the athleticism and and make. Oh. Look, just because you were a second round pick, don't mean you're gonna make it to the roster. I didn't. I'm listen. I didn't. I think he could. I didn't say it was guaranteed. I didn't. I think he could. And defense does get you minutes. It gets you some. It gets you somewhere inside the rotation. And he's gonna do what he does best on the defensive end. All right, well, playing defensive college is different than playing professional athletes. Absolutely, and absolutely. I'm just saying I'm just basing off on what he can do and what I've seen. So I just think – I don't know about you. It seems like you're not too high on Cassie Stanley or the pick. I mean, what's your – No, it's, I mean, it's kind of just pick to be a pick. There are times when teams just have to pick a player. You can't really trade them. There's not really any trade options, so you just pick a player. I mean, you're going to pick somebody that you – would like and see if you can develop them, but it's kind of like okay, we just got we just got to do something. We can't just give it away. That's what teams do. That's what I think the Pacers did. They just made a pick because they had to. They couldn't just give it away. Yeah, but I just That's think. Oh, go ahead. Right, but I'm saying you just but you giving a second round pick and a off of a second. I round mean, pick. second round picks. Second round picks can't can't get graded at by a. It depends on the fit of the so team, huh? So, Colin, I. I see where you're coming from, and I really like the Cassius Stanley pick, too, because I, I love Cassius Stanley since high school. I mean, like, come on, who hasn't? I, you know what? All right, let me – I'm going to do A minus. I'm not going to just give that. I'm going to give it A minus. Oh, All right, that's – hold on. But I just want to say I, I see where Chris is coming from also because he's probably not going to get a lot of time at that wing position. They have T.J. Warren. They just brought back um, Justin Holiday. So I can see him oh, – I can I see him spending a lot of time in the G League. I didn't see That's that. what I'm saying. They got oh. three and D wings. Where is he gonna fit? That's what I I'm you can't just give him an A. I didn't, I, I didn't see Justin Holiday. Uh, I didn't see. I didn't see that he was returning back to the Pacers. I didn't see that. Well, that's, and Oladipo still on the team. Well, all the deep. Well, all the deep was mainly gonna be playing the two. So, the 
I think I think Cash is probably spent time between the two and the three. That's what I'm saying. Cash is, it doesn't he doesn't have to be a three. He can play the two as well. It's it's not. I mean, mm-hmm. if I'm in the, if I'm in Indiana, I'm excited about the pick just because I know what he can do, and you never know. He'll probably will. He probably has the potential to be one of those second round pick stories where they're overlooked coming out of the college. They got picked late in the draft. Maybe looked like they weren't getting picked at one point, and they made the best out of their situation, and they they find a role and they thrive in it. I just say, I'm just saying I don't see that happening for Cassius at the moment because Indiana has a plethora of wings. They have a lot of wings. All right. So what's well, I'd, 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 I'd give the pick a C plus just because Cassius Stanley's excited and he's somebody to be excited about. All, All right. Give it a C. Just give it a C. All right, then. That's how we're, we're going to swing. I feel like time will tell, obviously. So I'm going to just stand on that. Uh, the Chicago Bulls, their oh, draft dude. selection. What's your thoughts on it? What grade do you give them? Let's swing it over to Chris. Like, like, what do you think? I actually really like Patrick Williams. I he went a little higher than I thought he necessarily. A lot of would. people was like, "What?" But I but, thought it was a good. But fight. I understand why they did it, and I'm okay with it because he's they're gonna try to have him replace Otto Porter because I don't think Otto Porter is going to return after this season. He picked up his player option, but I don't really see him staying on the Bulls. So I like the pick. So could you give a little insight on like? How, my fault. No, go ahead. I was just going to ask if you can give a little insight on how Patrick Williams games and how how his game is and how do you think he could fit into the Bulls? Uh, Patrick, Patrick Williams is like the season, but I haven't seen too much of him. Yeah, well, Patrick Williams is basically like a defensive minded player, so he'll p- turn to a three and D. I'm, I was surprised that he went early as it is, but I thought I knew he was going to get picked up in the first round. But he has a long – he has a seven-foot wingspan, so that's going to help out in passing lanes and stuff and contesting shots. He's 6'8 already. He's 6'8. So that's what I'm saying. He's probably going to fit that role of Otto Porter. He's gonna, probably going to come off the bench at first since Otto Porter's still there. But if he develops his jump shot, because I know that's the question mark on him is can he really shoot. If he develops that, he'll, he's going to be like a nice 3 and D wing that the Bulls need because Otto Porter is really inconsistent. Right, and yeah, Otto Porter really is just he just hasn't really found his footing since he came out of Georgetown. That um, con- that contract he earns is atrocious. That, yeah, that's atrocious. The Wizards should be ashamed to give him that contract, but that's that's when <laughs> that should be another day. So um, I, I was pretty disappointed in the pick though because I knew that the Bulls could have really used somebody like like Lamelo Ball if he were if he were to fall out of the top there and to fall and fall to them, or if they were able to trade up to um trade up to Charlotte to get. Wait, so so you think so Zach Levine and then Kobe White and then Lamelo coming off the bench, he could play either the one or two. How do you think he fits in with the Bulls? How well do you think he does? So I think that gives Kobe White the opportunity to play off ball a little bit more because we do know he can create his own shot, but he's also a great spot up shooter. And right. I, I can see him running this transition with Zach Levine, um, having a trail guy like Laurie Markin and being able to dump it down low to Wendell Carter. I just like the pieces they had there. That they'll be able to surround Lamelo with, if he were to play the two, or if they were to have uh, Kobe play the two, because he's more, he's a better scorer at this point in his career right now. So, well, that, well hearing what you're saying, I think the Bulls would have drafted Lamelo if he had slid down to the number four spot, but the Hornets obviously took him, even despite the fact that they got three guards. But we're gonna talk about that later. Uh, I feel like the Bulls probably would have drafted Lamelo just based off his talent and what he could do in the future. But go ahead. But to add on to that, what I what I was gonna say was. I, at that point, I really seen him taking Tyrese Halliburton. <clears throat> yeah, just being like the play initiator, the play initiator for all those guys. He, he, I think he averaged like seven assists a game while he was at Iowa State. He does a real good job of uh, 
distributing the ball. He reminded me, he reminded me of Michael Carter Williams back at Syracuse and for the Sixers at one point. He has those long yeah. arms. He can really get in transition. He can rebound. Are we talking about the, are we talking about the rookie year, Michael Carter Williams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rookie uh, year, Michael Carter Williams. Yeah. Right. So uh, I, I also could really see him fit in there too. Besides the uh, the part of being somewhat of a defensive liability on that team that's already has that has a bunch of defensive liabilities, but I would have liked to have seen them make that work at with that pick. So all right, so like the thing is with Patrick Williams, a lot of people like like what Chris said felt like it was a reach, but. One thing I noticed throughout the season, like he was really rising in like the mock drafts, and like mm-hmm. he was just rising. And it's like you, you're not just rising for no reason, right? right. And like Chris said, this is based on everything he said. He's athletic. Uh, he could definitely guard. His defense is definitely on point. I just think it definitely has a college starter too. He got, he's a defensive playmaking guy. I think he fits with the Bulls. I don't think whoever he'll, he'll have trouble getting inside and getting into the rotation. Honestly, I think Patrick Williams is – I mean, it's a reach at four, but I, I don't think it's that bad of a pick for the Bulls. So, I, I'm going to give it a B. I'm going to honestly give it a B. I don't know about you. I'm going to give it a C because I just don't see the Bulls, like, trying to go get it in a week in Eastern Conference. They, and they surely have the talent to do so. So, that, that's why I was a little disappointed. A little disappointed. I, was, I could see them, like, at least trying to make somewhat of a playoff run, getting into that seventh or eighth spot this year. But – um. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't see them going for it right now. So what? I, mean, so I, I would give them like a B, a B. Yeah, because like I said, I just feel like it. Yeah. And then uh, they drafted an, another guy. He's from Russia. I know absolutely nothing about him, so I'm not even gonna make a comment about him. But we're gonna make another transition. So after the Pacers, we're gonna talk about Detroit, Motor City. So Killian Haynes. So um, me personally, Isaiah, wait, wait, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay, I love Sadiq Bay. I, I love Sadiq Bay too. Go ahead, Kyrie. Go ahead. I think the I think the Pistons deserve an A plus. That's I'm just gonna know right off the bat. But go ahead. So personally, before the draft, I wanted the Knicks to draft Killian Hayes. Ooh, that's who I wanted us to get. If Obi Toppin were already taken, or if, yeah, it, I just didn't see anybody else like good, like really that good dropping to us. So I really was set in on uh, Killian Hayes. I really like his game. He reminds me a lot of D'Angelo Russell. He's six five. He's a lefty. He's smooth. He's creative. He can really score. He can really put the ball in the basket. Um, he just has to work on his decision making when it comes to jumpers and forcing bad passes. But he he's been playing in Germany, I think, for the past couple of years. He's 18, 19, so he's young. He has a lot of professional reps under his belt. I really like that pick for a lot of Pistons. Um, Isaiah Stewart was a guy I really like coming out of high school. He dropped down draft boards a little bit coming into Washington, but I still see him like being a, a big bruising center down low. He's uh has the potential to be at least like a, like a fifteen and eight guy. I feel like he has a lot of skill down there. He's really he's really big. And the Sadiq Pay pick, I feel like that was probably the second best pick. Um, he's really versatile. He can shoot. He can defend. He has long arms. He gets into the passing lanes. Um, I I really like that pick for uh, Detroit right there also. And and like you said, being versatile and the one thing too, he's a fluid. Like his his athleticism, he's not gonna wow you like Russell or, or Derrick Rose or J- John Morant. But it's good athleticism where yep. it's like, oh, yeah, you see what I'm saying? He could definitely get up. He could change speeds and directions at elite. He's elite. Like mm-hmm. it's just. You look at him and you just say, 
I want this guy to be my point guard. Honestly, I love I love Killian Haynes. I think uh, learning under Derrick Rose is going to only benefit him. I mean, what 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 else could you not learn from a 2011 MVP, one of the biggest, what well, was the biggest star early point in his career? Honestly, I think he's a good fit for him. Mm-hmm. I like the pick. Isaiah Stewart, I'm not really a fan of him, to be honest with you, but they traded him to the Portland Trailblazers, so I had to bring that up. But like I said, I think they could have kept him. I think he would have done the Pistons a good – he'd have been a good five uh, for the Pistons, but they traded him away. Sadiq Bey, what do you think about Sadiq Bey? Uh, he oh, kind of oh. reminds me of, like, another 3 and D guy. Another but I think, I think he will fit in well, though, because the Pistons do need defense. I am a I am a big fan of Killing Hayes because I think he was the most versatile point guard in the draft. Oh, yeah, I, I, absolutely! I think he's the most no, versatile. No, no. Listen, I mean, so all right, so if you had to rank the point guards in in this draft, so like, would most of y'all number ones be Lamelo or would it be somebody else? I mean, Lamelo would be like <laughs> number two or number three, but I would think Killing Hayes would be number one. I because I've okay. watched Killing Hayes play a couple of games, and I can see like that. Just that cool, calm, collective game that he plays, but it's just it's just something about him that just to me speaks like all star guard. I don't know yeah. what it just it just when I watch him play, it just speaks all star guard. He's still young, he can still develop like all his other skills. Theory has a lot of skills. And then, and, then, and one thing you notice when he drives, he got he drives to the basket. He has good body control, and then like he's not that weak to when he drives the ball, and you could just push him, like kind of push him away from the basket while he's still getting his shot off. He has great body control too. That's one of the things as a point guard. Of course, when you 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 absolutely need that, and he has it. It's just elite, like you like Chris say, all star. When you look at this kid. I mean, yeah, so I, I I'd probably I probably had to put Killian over Lamelo too. That's just my personal opinion. Ah, yes, I like, like, no, like he's Kyrie's the best. Like uh, comparison is D'Angelo Russell, but I think he I think he's a more athletic D'Lo. But I can see like the D'Lo comparison. He's because yeah, he's he, moving like, everything he, he does. He just has the package of moves, also the step backs, the side steps, the euros, the the floaters. He just he just has it all. And no one's talking about his defense. He's a good on-ball defender, too. People are really sleeping on that. So he's not some lackadaisical guy. But, you know, when you're young, when he comes to you so easily, I guess you take some defensive laps. That's what happened with all young guys. But, obviously, he's going to work on that, as he should. So, I mean. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to give him a hey, – I really like the Killian Hayes pick. Like I said, if he if he were to drop pass Detroit, I would, I would really love to have him in New York to pair up with RJ. Oh, no, the Pistons definitely uh, got an A in there. I mean, it's just no question about it. I mean, what about you, Chris? I can give them an A minus. A minus. All right. So the Cavaliers drafted Isaac Okoro from Auburn. That guy was dangerous when he played Kentucky. I was always worried about him. People are kind of sleeping on this pick. I don't know why. I think he fits because obviously they're not going to draft a guard. They already got guards as it is. Kevin Porter. And then they got Colin Sexton. Then they got Darius Garland. Right. Yeah. So it was just like, it just made no sense for them to draft any guard. So I think Okoro was like the safest pick for them to really go about. I mean, I like the pick. Uh, I think he's not that offensively like a, that much of a threat, but he does everything else well. Defense, passing, anything you need him to do, he just does it well. Just offensively, he's just kind of limited. Uh, I'm gonna give it a B plus in my opinion. Like I said, I know how much of a threat he is. You know, he was definitely one of the players on Auburn when when, when Kentucky played. I was like scared. I was like, Ooh, this guy right here. But no, I, I I like the pick for the Cavs. I think it's a B plus. 
What about you, Kyrie? Yeah, he uh, I I'd give the pick a B plus also. Just I really like I really like him at Auburn. He could approve on his shot and a shot on the move. I feel like, but he's really good at getting to the basket on cuts and stuff like that. He has to improve his ball handling to be able to create for himself. But I don't see him really having to do that for the simple fact that he's playing alongside Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, who are two of the most creative young guards in the league. We just don't hear about it a lot because they're in Cleveland. Um, the only reason I give this pick a B plus is because I I'm I'm not really sold on Cleveland's direction. They're they're mm-hmm. I agree. Oh yeah. Their point guard, their shooting guard, and their small forward are three young guys that really like just need time to develop before Cleveland can even think about becoming a playoff team in the East. But their power forward and center is Andre Drummond and Kevin Love, who when you look at it, they're they're not guys who should really be part of a rebuild night right now. Kevin Love should be somewhere trying to get another ring. I, Andre Drummond should be somewhere <laughs> at least at least compete for like deep in the playoffs. I mean, like, come yeah, on, man. You've been on the pistons for what the past what eight definitely. years. I mean and you're Cleveland, like you, I, I, I expect them to try to go to a contender like Boston. Yeah, the Cavs, the, the they're probably keeping them around to obviously give guidance to you know to the young, you know, that's what they try to keep them around for as much as they can. But I see Kevin Love asking for a trade in Andre Drummond. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, no, you know, Andre Drummond opts it in because he's making twenty eight mil. I'd opt in too if I was making twenty eight mil for a year. <laughs> right. Listen, money talks. Money asks, movie talks. All right, so Chris, I mean, what's your what's your grade for the? Um... Kind of what Kyrie said. I might give it a C plus because I mean it's a good pickup in the sense of rebuilding. I give it a, a B plus. Right, I know what you said. I'm I'm just I'm I like agreeing with you, but I just don't think it should be that high either. Oh, all right, all right. Like, all your reasons were valid. I I think it's a C plus based on the fact, like, because what Kyrie said, they're they are rebuilding team, so it makes sense to pick up him. He really needs to work on a jump shot. He can be that three and D for them. But it doesn't make sense when you still got Kevin Love and Andre Drummond as your front court, and Christian Thompson backing up Andre Drummond. You still got all these veterans that should be trying to compete for championships with a part of a rebuild process. So it's like, are you trying to be mediocre? Are you trying to rebuild? Are you trying to somehow contend? It's they're just in like that, the center, and it's not and it's not good. They don't know which which direction to go in. So that's why I would give it a C. But I mean, based off of a rebuild side, it's a good pickup for them. Yeah, that's a great pickup. He's a great fit for now. All right. That's the direction. All right. So now we go to the last part of the Eastern Conference Division, the Southeast. We're going to start with the Miami Heat. They drafted Precious. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. So Precious Atchipiwa. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to embarrass myself. But, yeah, I mean – Listen, when James Wyman, you know, got suspended on that BS from the NCAA, all that other stuff, he took over. The team didn't, the team didn't really go as far as people thought, uh, but he definitely took over. I like the pick because he fits the Miami Heat's culture. Tough, Will, he had good offensive move. Not the most complete. He doesn't have the most complete offensive package, but he's not a liability. He's not a liability. He's not a liability. I, uh... I, I love the pick. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to give it an A. I'm going to give it an A minus. I love the pick. I love this pick too, bro. Um, I feel like this is the best thing that could have happened to him because as we've seen in, in uh, the finals, Miami really needed some depth down low that could rebound. They just couldn't – they just couldn't compete down low with the um, with the Lakers. The Lakers just completely bullied them. And um, they try to hide their their flaws behind that zone, but it just, it just couldn't hold up for, 
for too much longer. And um, you see how that ended up. So getting pressure to who's about 6'9", probably about 230, 240, yeah, he's athletic. Yeah, he's like 225, that's where he's he has this nastiness to his game, kind of like Bam out of bio does. Right. But uh, um, he he's a little more skilled coming in. I feel like offensively than Bam was. Oh yeah, um, definitely, definitely so, by far. No, no, no comparison. Right. So I feel like them two down low, that could be a nasty tandem down low, bro. I'm I'm really excited to see that. I give that an A. Definitely got to give it an A. I mean, Chris, what's your thoughts on pressures? Uh, kind of like what Kyrie said. It was a it's a really good pick because they needed a. Uh, another athletic big in the finals, like a rebounder, because I could just match up with who the Lakers have out there, whether that be Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, whoever it was. They needed another rebounder, especially when Bam went down to injury. They really they didn't really have anybody there. So I like the pick up for the fact that I don't want to see him play with Bam because they play the same. I'd rather see him in the second unit and right. just, just stay there. So you can come in with Kelly Olenek. So Kelly Olenek doesn't have to worry about uh, the interior – the interior defense, he can just worry about like any of the stretch four, stretch yeah. fives, and let you can let Precious worry about all the interior and let him get the rebounds and stuff. So I like I like the pickup that um they it's kind of like having another Bam and Montrez Hill come off your bench as long as he develops the right one. Yeah, yeah that that was a great pick by Miami man. No, hey, hey definitely, Chris. What's your, what the grade? What's the grade kind of grade you give the Miami Heat for the draft selection? I, I give them an A for that. Hey. That was the best thing. That was the, that was the best thing they needed. That was honestly the only thing they needed. That's that's what that's the start from winning the championship. Listen, when you had Pat Riley as the manager and you got Eric Spoelstra as the coach, these guys know what they're doing when it comes to the draft. They know what they're doing. You can't doubt uh-huh. them. I mean, I'm not surprised that the Heat made a selection. So now we go to the rivals of the. We're still in Florida, obviously. So we go to the Orlando Magic. Now, I look at Cole Anthony, and I say. Man, if he hadn't gone to UNC, he'd definitely be a top five pick. I felt like North Carolina, I, I don't know. This is one of those things to bring up that debate, like the one and done rule, you know. College basketball, just, mm-hmm. it, it just, you know, if you could go back in time, I'm sure he wouldn't have gone to UNC. He probably would have just went overseas and just trained. But at the, at the 15th pick, I, I don't know how to feel about this one. I, I really don't. I mean, I'm a swinger to you, Kyrie. I, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really know how I feel about it either. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I really like Cole Anthony, and I feel like he was probably one of the best people available at that time, so I can see why Orlando picked him. Right. But my thing is, where where do you see him fitting alongside Markel Fultz? Ah, or because Markel Fultz is for the time being, do you, like do they see them eventually being able to share the backcourt? Cole Anthony, I feel like that, I feel like that move was too risky because nobody a hundred percent knows about Markel Fultz right now, so. And I, I'm happy they didn't pick another another big man this year. They they haven't really had a lot of luck with that. Um, so I'd, I'd probably give I'd give the pick a C plus. I I wish Cole Anthony maybe would have taken another year at um North Carolina. No, see we, we didn't, that that wouldn't have happened because they recruited another point guard, Caleb Love, who there he's getting outstanding reviews right now through the training with UNC. They say he he might lead UNC to the Elite Eight, Final Four. So uh, Cole Anthony had to leave. He, 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 hey, he, he does have a lot to be excited about. Like, excited about, yeah. He, um, he can shoot. He's really explosive. We everybody's seen that since he was at Oak Hill. He's really explosive. He's really good at getting to the paint. Kind of reminds me of D Rose in a sense. Um, after the injury, his jump shot could get a little. Bit... Nah, nah, I have to go pre-injury. He gets up there. 
Oh, he said D Rose. Oh, after injury, I would be like, ah, you know what? But pre-injury, that pre-injury Rose was unheard of. I'm not, I'm not saying he's all the way up there. I'm not saying he's all the way up there because um, Cole. Don't don't get me saying Cole Anthony's explosive. He is explosive, but um, but I just don't think. Yeah, it, it's just it's, remin- it's just reminiscent of Derrick Rose. That's what it, it just reminds me of Derrick Rose when I see it. That's so all. I'm I not mean, saying he has the balance or the explosive Derrick Rose did have back in 2011, but it, it's reminiscent. It reminds me of it a lot. I mean, he is a combo guard. You know, he can also create his own shot, and he can and he can only make. I mean, he makes tough shots, but I feel like when he was at UNC, he took so many tough shots because I feel like everyone else was just they could not create for themselves. They had so, no other doors like, around him, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, I feel like that's what I'm saying. Like, if he, like, he took so many tough contested shots, and that's why his percentages look bad. But it's like when you don't have anyone that could create their own shot, and then like, I, I don't know. But like I say, I mean, Cole Anthony, I mean, he can't play the two. Markel, you could slide him to the two. He's six four, six five. But I don't know how this works. I mean, I, I'm gonna give it a C plus in all honesty. I don't know what they're going to do with Cole Anthony. They probably might groom him to be the point guard in the future, maybe, if they feel like he has that potential. I think talent-wise, I believe in Cole Anthony's talent. Definitely. I definitely believe in his talent. So it's but just, I don't believe in the situation. Right. I just – right. Right. So, I don't believe in the situation. I don't believe in the position he's in right now. Exactly. I mean, Chris, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? What, what do you think? I kind of give it a day. I don't, I don't like the pick. I don't like the pick for them. Because I mean, I I understand why they picked the point guard. Because if I'm correct, I don't think DJ Augustine will be coming back, so they obviously need a backup. But at the same time, if you're picking somebody like Cole Anthony, are you going to groom him to be the backup, or are you going to groom him to take the starting job? And along with that, you're also grooming somebody else who's also very young and Markel Fultz. So what are you really attempting to do with these two young point guards? That's why I don't really like the. I don't like to pick. Like, do you want them to play with each other eventually? And if that's the case, you got you talking about Markel Fultz playing the two. He can't shoot, so how is he going to play the two? Mm. Uh, right. Unless he's been working on that jump shot, and you know he's making it rain next year. He, I mean, he's got he's gotten better. He, he he's gotten better. He's grown accustomed to the NBA, but just because he's improved doesn't he still hasn't improved the jump shot? Or he'll make he, uh, he'll make open jumper. That's cool. But the difference between just making open jumper and having a jump shot. And as a two guard in the NBA today, you need a jump shot. It's just crazy how far Markel Foles fall. I mean, I'm telling you, coming into that draft, it was Kyrie Irving comparisons. It was like, man, then he goes from that to just it's crazy. It's it's just crazy. But you know, I definitely wish him nothing but the best song. He's definitely gonna, you know, get back hopefully to half of what he was. So now we go oof, to Charlotte Hornets. Oh man. Now as as horrible as a GM Michael Jordan is, he couldn't mess this one up. I mean, honestly, even if he tried to, he, he couldn't. So, I mean, listen, I love all, all the picks that Charlotte Hornets had in this draft. You had LaMelo. The only uh-huh. one I probably a little bit iffy about is Vernon Carey. But besides LaMelo, Nick Richards, and Grant Riller, I just – I'm going to give it an A, honestly. I think LaMelo – I mean, so where does LaMelo fit with the whole three-guard position with the Hornets? They got Devontae Graham, Malik Monk, got Terry Rozier. It's a lot of guards on that team. Uh, oh, me and Kyrie. You, uh, you, huh? huh? Oh, you can tell us about to happen. They better get rid of Malik Monk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Because Devontae Graham can play. Devontae Graham can actually play the, the two guard because he can shoot. Lamelo Ball is yeah. gonna play. I mean, I would, I would keep Terry Rozier off the bench. Why would, would you keep him as a six man? They had Devontae Graham. Why would you keep him? I mean, as, probably just as a scorer off the bench, but he doesn't offer a lot of defense. I'd probably trade it from like a like a th- another three or D wing or defensive specialist. I mean, and Kyrie was just was just talking about like so which combination would work best. We both felt like Lamelo and Devontae Graham makes the most sense better than Terry Rozier and Lamelo Ball. So right, but I was still t- I still think Terry Rozier is a good backup point guard. So oh, he where is. yeah, so Malik Monk needs to go. He's already had three years to prove himself, and he hasn't done anything. It's time for him to bounce. <laughs> let, uh, let, let me go real quick. So, um, so I, I'm I'm excited about Lamelo Ball, just like everybody else is. His ceiling is super high. It's a lot higher than his brothers. I was feel like, um, coming out of college, he's the best, best um, ball brother. He also has. A, huh? he, he's the best ball brother. I won't say all that now. Wait a second. Whoa, you, know, you can't say that. You can't, right, you can't say yet. all that now. Um, ultimately, ultimately, I think his I think his shot does translate to the NBA eventually, kind of like Lonzo's did. It may it might take a tweaking of his jump shot, a jump uh, a tweaking of his jump shot like it did for his brother. But I can see it happening either way. Um, he really sees the floor well. He knows the floor well. He the um the Hornets did a lot a great job of drafting targets for him, and they already have a couple targets from that. I can see that he really benefiting off of like PJ uh PJ White. That's so right. PJ Washington, PJ Washington, my fault, my fault, yeah. and um, and Miles Bridges, and also they got Nick Richards, who's a great rim runner. It took, it. It took a while for him to get his footing in at Kentucky, exactly. but I feel like staying those three years that really helped him out. He, I can see him being a really good rim runner, um, because let's be honest, the Charlotte Hornets big men situation is just really, really bad. They haven't had like a noble big man since like Al Jefferson. So <laughs> that's they, I'm like, a Yambo's gotta go. Um. They lost out on Christian Wood a while ago. I really would like to see what they what they could have done if they kept him. Um, what's it, Frank? Not Frank Kaminsky. Um, Cody Zeller. I don't see the point of having him anymore. He's a he's a bust at this point. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> he's been a bust. Man. Another pick I really do like from them though was Grant Riller from uh from Charleston. He is a bucket getter. I did like that. Yes, and, that's why I said he slept on too. He's a little smaller, and I'm and, an extra, most and that's another reason why they give it to Malik Monk. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Malik Monk is getting trashed by Chris right now. Listen, because you were talking, because you were talking heavy about him coming out of Kentucky. He's I did. I really was, I, and I'm not the only one. I we all saw what he did at Kentucky. He was especially against UNC, especially in every every big time game, like the most crucial, like the very tough opponents Kentucky had, he shined the brightest. And it was and just he, like, he had the whole package. He could shoot exactly. you. Like, there was no way for you not to be excited about Malik Monk. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was excited about him coming out of high school. Well, like, I know you're talking about Malik. Well, you talk about Malik Monk shining. What about De'Aaron Fox? Hey, I love De'Aaron. I love that. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted, oof, you know how much I love De'Aaron Fox. I love him so much. I thought, he, man. De'Aaron Fox was my favorite point guard in that draft. But, but, I, but I, I bring him up, or we, we're bringing him up because, for the most part, what was his job to do when he came out of Kentucky? Score the ball. Score the and ball. he hasn't really been able to score the ball. And come to find out, he's terrible on defense. So I'm not saying Grant Willis is going to give you much more defensive like pressure or anything like that, but he's going to come in and he's going to score. I, I feel like the floor space in the NBA range, he already has it. 
I feel like he could uh he could really be a good backup point guard, a rotational point guard for Charlotte. So I uh, I'll, I'll give them a B, a B plus. I mean, Charlotte's really banking on Lamelo just taking over the franchise because they don't really have a franchise game changer yet. They're really banking on that. They, they have to bank on it. Like in yeah. MJ. Like man, MJ might be the worst, might be one of the worst general managers, but he kind of messed this up. He did his thing in this draft. I like each draft selection. Listen, I, I, I'm gonna give it an A minus. Just I'm gonna give it an A minus. I mean, it's a lot to be excited about for them. What about you, Chris? I'm. A- I mean, I guess I can give him A minus. I mean, Lamelo was the, obviously the best available prospect, so why wouldn't you take him? Especially after you paid Terry Shaw that money for no reason. So it makes sense. All right. I guess all of us will be watching the Hornets, a lot of Hornets games. I know I will. I sure won't be. You sure won't be. Um, <laughs> Maybe next year. Just because I got Lamelo, I mean, I'm going to watch him. I, I just want to see how Lamelo progresses game by game. That's all. Um, The the next team is the Washington Wizards. A lot of stuff going on with the Wizards. John Wall wants to leave. I mean, man, Bradley Bill's the main. They want to build a team around Bradley Bill. Uh, they had the ninth that's, pick. That's, in the not, that's disgusting. <laughs> that is that is disgusting. Well, I don't know why he wanted to do that. Listen, the Wizards. You know what? So apparently, I don't know if you guys were made aware. I know you. If you guys have ever saw the video, so John Wall, I guess someone recorded him. He was throwing up some gang signs and stuff like that. It was pretty dumb. It was pretty stupid. It was after that the relationship between like the Wizards higher ups and Wall just kind of just went. You know, they didn't like that at all because when you, you know, that type of profession, you understand the image. You got to understand that. That was pretty dumb on John Wall's part doing that. So it's kind of like a crack in the whole thing. So they want to trade John Wall. What team John Wall goes Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. That's not the reason why John Wall wants to be traded. No, I didn't say I didn't say that's the reason why that's what John Wall was saying. It's been a lot of reports about that. It's like after that video surfaced, even though. But they already knew he was hanging out with gang members. They know that for a while. I don't know. I don't know if they know that. So, I mean. They've been doing it for a while. So, I, if they didn't so, know about that's dumb. So, from what I understand is the real reason he wants out is because his name was involved in trade talks for Kyrie. Mm, trading Kyrie for John. I mean, if you – 2017, John Wall. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not Kyrie. Not Kyrie. For Russell Westbrook. For Russell Westbrook, it was for. That's why he wants out. Yeah, for Westbrook. I mean. Yeah. I mean. We're talking about trading him. The Houston for Westbrook, and he, he, I guess he wasn't happening. So Westbrook and but, Bradley Bill, what do you guys think about that? That is terrible. <laughs> that is absolutely terrible. Before that, one, I don't even see that happening. But mm. I feel like John Wall really screwed the Wizards over mm. because he did the trade after the draft, after they dra- traded Danny, uh, Danny Avila. Thank you. We, I just said that, like. So, what my thought process would would have been was if he were to tell me. Or if you were to tell the Washington Wizards before the draft, I, I, I can see the Wizards trying to make a package centered around him, the moving up in the draft and drafting of their player of the future. Hmm. Because I don't see Bradley Beal staying if John Wall is out. Well, well how is Bradley Beal? Bradley Beal is what, 26? I mean, he's not. I mean, the Wizards want to build around him. So that's what they're really focusing on. But I, I just don't you know. Can't build a, you can't build around Bradley Beal. He's a great player, but you can't build around him. He's he's the easy second option for any team. Never never the first option. Got you. All right. I, I, I'd like to put him somewhere to see that. Mm. I'd like Listen, to see him go I, I, he, he does turn into the first option. And, uh, <laughs> well, we see him as the first option. He plays well. 
I mean, we saw him as a first option, and he was scoring. I mean, that's cool. But, buckets. I mean, but what, what does he bring to the table besides scoring? Uh, uh. <laughs> he can shoot, can score, which is great. Absolutely great. I would take I mean, him to my team. But what I does mean, he do besides that? Is he a bad defender in your eyes? Is he a bad defender? Not bad, but he's not like he's not somebody I'm I'm worried about. Mm. He's not always that person where I'm where you can like just lay in the game like yo Bradley, you you gotta do something. He's not always that person. He he can get it done, but he's not that person. That's why he's the best as a second option. So he doesn't have that much pressure on him. Uh, I've I've been saying since before, way before Frazier started, before the season even ended, I would love to see Bradley Bill in Brooklyn because he'd be a third option. That'd be a yeah. great place for him. Oh, yeah. the Nets would definitely win. Mm, man, it'd be hard not to have the Nets in your finals uh, predictions if he went if he goes to the what? That, uh, Bradley Bill goes over to the Nets. That that'd be real hard not to like. So, but, um, so wait, we, huh? oh, I was gonna say we didn't even talk about the draft. Um, the draft selection they drafted Denny. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Yeah, uh, there we go. And Cassius Winston, I love them in college. That's a great pick for the Wizards. They snatched him up in the second round. I love it. Uh, so, what do you what are your thoughts about the Wizards draft selections? I mean, so I, I, like I said, I, I wish John Wall would have would have told him that he wanted to be traded before the draft because I feel like I would I feel like they would have made better moves. Um, Danny, don't get me wrong, Danny Advia, he he's got a lot of upside. He's got a hundred a hundred plus games of pro reps over uh over at Maccabee Tel Aviv. Um, he can shoot the ball. He could, from what I hear, he could play really good defense. So I can see him being like a Swiss Army knife type of player. Right, right, right. But um, I don't see him being your your go to guy. Well, I mean, I mean, not yet. But who knows? Maybe three, four years later down the road, maybe you don't think so. He could be that type of guy. No, I I put my money on Rui uh, Achimura before him. I got you. I mean, I do I, like him. I do like him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's so, and I I feel like he he fits really well with Thomas Bryant. I like that front court right there, but their 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 situation is kind of the same of Cleveland's but reversed. They have two young guys that they're like that's really up and coming, but they have two um two veteran guards that can really produce. But one's always injured, and his contract is big and hard to move. His contract is, yeah, and they just resigned David, and they just resigned David Burton. Right, say again. They just resigned David yeah, Burns too. And I mean, yeah, I, like was, David, I like David Burns too. I do, but I, he's not, he shouldn't be on a rebuilding team. Nah, he, he's definitely a, uh, he's definitely somebody you needed to play off to, to get you some buckets. I can see that. But um, so yeah, I don't, I, I, I'd give their picks a C mainly because of their, their future's too uncertain. We, we know it's probably like 95% possible that they're losing John Wall before the season. Nobody knows about Bradley Bill yet. He's, I think, he's the upcoming free agent next mm. year. So you, um, so it looks like the Wizards have been in a rebuild for at least the past couple of years. But it looks like there's, there's about to be more years added on. To well, that. I mean, how you feel about Cassius Winston? You didn't even. I, I thought he's he gives the uh, the Wizards uh, some depth at the point guard position. He's I mean, not doing nothing in the NBA. <laughs> he's not just not yet. I, and I love Cassius. I love how Chris just shot that bell. It was just like he's no way. He's cool. like he he cool he he cool and everything, but he not don't even that. bring him up. It's like waste of time. I mean, okay. listen, I mean, he can play. He's he's gonna he can play professional basketball, but it's not gonna be like anything crazy. Like he's probably gonna, like have, gonna, he's gonna take reps starting the season off, Colin. 
a lot of G League reps. But so you never know. You see, that benefits a lot of people. That might benefit him. Right. It could. Right. You never know, though. He really never – but he was never, like – he's a good, like, game man, but, but he was never really a good shooter in my eyes. I never thought – and, I mean, he knows how to – Dictate what you, what you show. Like that. I mean, I feel like the Wizards, they get two winning players with – Winning backgrounds. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I give it a C, C plus. You know, depends on how you look at it. Yeah. I mean, what about you, Chris? I mean, C minus maybe. I mean, this Denny Denny kid. I mean, he's cool. I like him. I think I agree with Kyrie though. It's kind of like he's not also not somebody that you want to that you would build your franchise right. Somebody like as a second if he develops right, great second option. I mean, he looks. He seems like at the end of the day, he's going to be a. Well, you said Swiss Army knife, so like a stretch four or three. He's going to play with winger or four, which is cool. But I mean, it's a good pick. It's basically best available. But then again, at the same time, I'm not really a big fan of the pick because of Hashimura. They just got him. Right. And he plays the same position that Denny does. Yeah. So their their picks their picks didn't really uh, make a lot of sense to me. All right, so with that being said, last but not least of the Eastern Conference, the Atlantic Hawks. What's your thoughts on their draft pick? Um, on Yanka, can we talk about their whole offseason, please? Let's do it. Let, let's do that. Well, wait, okay, no, 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 we'll do that. We talk about the, the draft selection, you talk about the draft selection and, and Skylar and Skylar Mays, who I think is another underrated guy, but I just don't see why they, the Hawks drafted him. Go ahead. Um, oh, you want to go first, Chris? Yeah, because I, I, I actually do really like this pick of Onyenka. He, he's he's honestly what they need, and I like he's not going to start. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to let everybody know that unless John Consley, there's no way he's going to get a lick of starting time. But it's a good pickup because he he's kind of like a John Collins, but he can come off the bench for you. And now they can have another like another tall backup for Clint Capella, which is what they need. They, since they lost their backup big Dwayne um what's his name? Dwayne Dedman, I think. Yeah, they just lost Dwayne yeah. Dedman in free agency. So now yeah. they just replaced him with a younger, better version of him. And, so I really like I really like this pickup for right. them. They didn't really need guard. They needed they needed like some front court players. They need, and they got a big, which they needed. A backup big. So they, yeah. right. So oh go ahead, Kyrie. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say so I just want to give them like kudos because they're they're re- Build has just been so fast and it's been so efficient. They're not wasting any of their draft picks. Like everybody that they're drafting has some use. Look at Trey. It started off with Trey Young. Made he made that their centerpiece, or they made that their centerpiece, and they went and got a lot of nice players around him from out of like the next drafts. Got Cam Reddish, who struggled last year, but his upside. That's what I'm saying. People sleeping on Cam Reddish. Like give him a chance. Give him like two. Like give him a shot. Like he's gonna. You have you have Kevin Herder from Maryland, who's a big time shooter. He's a big time mm-hmm. scorer off the bench. Absolutely, and a nice sharp shooter for him. Even if he's starting side by side with Trey Young, oh. they went and got DeAndre DeAndre Hunter last year, who's going to be a great D a three D wing. I love them. He's tough. He's and uh, they went and got Oyeka this year, and I feel like that was like that was the best thing that could have happened for him. Even if they uh, do uh, draft pick up, like Chris was saying, he's gonna he's gonna develop well on that bench. Um, he's going to get a lot of reps in. He's going to follow behind John Collins and Clint Capella and really find his groove into the league. Maybe when the Hawks are, by the time the Hawks are uh, ready to move on from Collins or Capella, he'll fit in perfectly by time. He, by time then, I'll let him move on from John Collins. He, and, he, and I, I like John Collins. 
Yeah. And I feel like them and Oyeka could be a, another great tandem. Because I, me personally, I don't see them keeping Capella for too long. Uh, I mean, they couldn't. They, they, I mean, it's going to depend. I think it's going to depend on um, Quinn Capella, how healthy he stays during his time here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not to mention, they also went out and got some veteran help. You know, Danilo Gallinari, he's a 6'10 sharp shooter. That was a big pickup for them. He'll be great at their three. He, uh, everybody's seen him at OKC last year. He could still score the bucket. He's good for, like, anywhere from 15 to 19 points a night. And I could, feel, I could see him really fitting in with the, uh, that young Atlanta Hawks group. So I, I give them an A+. Plus. A+, plus for you. What, are you. what about you, Chris? I give them an A. I think they made the right choice, and offseason picks are pretty good. Um, but speaking of offseason off season choices, based off of what we saw right now, I was just thinking about this question. What, who do you think will make the biggest impact in the newest team and why you say that? Oh, man. Well, first of all, we could just throw out the Gordon Hayward off the table, and that was That's just, terrible. That was terrible. That's that, that was. I would – what, what goes on in MJ's head when he's just sitting there like – I, I just got to – I just want to see what he thinks of, like, I would never give Gordon Hayward that amount of money. Especially because we have Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington there already. Who would? Who would give him that much money? Oh, man. I mean, we could throw that out out the way. I mean, I'm trying to think. Dennis. Oh, I forgot forgot about the Hawks. The Hawks just picked up Rajon Rondo, too. Whoa! They definitely did. The Hawks. Okay. Wow. He's going to definitely guide Trey Young. I love the mentor, and he's definitely still – man, I love Ray John Rondo. You can see him throwing lobs to Yekka right now off the bat. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> to John Collins and Quick Capella. That's that was a great – and, and that's what I was talking about with the Hawks with the rebuild. It was just so quick, and it was, and it was done with so much purpose through the draft and now through free agency. So I, I can really see them, like, shooting for their fourth and fifth spot in the East right now. Uh, Not yet. I'm going to give them a year. Because we still got to see Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter develop. They they definitely need another year. If they if they develop quickly next year, then I can see playoffs. I don't know about four or five yet, though. I'm going to say between six and eight. But if the court stays together and they just grow with each other, then I can see them being up there. Right. But, again, back to the question. Who y'all think is going to make the biggest impact on the newest team? Um, uh, I just – I mean – um, As of right now – since uh, there's a lot of people that haven't signed uh, anywhere right now, I'd probably, I'd probably go with Trez and go into the Lakers, which was a cra- one of the craziest moves last night to me. They got him on a bargain. It was only two years and 19 mil. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lakers just lost the white. He was part of. He didn't get a lot of minutes. And he didn't really produce much, but he was part of that big lineup. Those big lineups that they would play that that would bully other uh, other teams and those rebounds would create transition opportunities for me. Those blocks create transition opportunities for him where the Lakers thrive at. So I can see Montrez Harold just being that energy guy. He runs the lanes. Uh, he blocks shots. He rebounds. He dives on the floor. He, I, I just love this pickup for the Lakers, honestly. Uh, and I can see him working side by side with, with Anthony Davis. I mean, Chris, I want to see where your boy DeMarcus Cousins go to. Like, I still think he could be a dominant guy. I just want to see what team picks him up. Yeah, and there's a rumor he got a lot of uh... – He got a lot of teams eyeing him. So, I yeah. like, I, DeMarcus Cousins' talent, unquestioned. Like, he was the 2010 guy easily. He just played on a bad Kings team for years upon years upon years. Uh, I just want to see what DeMarcus yeah, Cousins – That's what the Kings – I'm sorry, Chris. That's what the Kings – Uh. 
Listen, I don't know what they did to him, man. That ain't none of my business. Uh, the, um, and the Lakers are eyeing Mark. Uh, the Lakers are Mark right now. I think he'd be perfect for the Lakers. I mean, that would be. Oof. That'd be. I don't think they need him though. I don't. I, I don't think they need him. I don't think they need him. You don't. I think. I think they should wait. They should offer Gasol, but I don't. Well, honestly, they should wait until to see what Javale McGee's doing. Because Javel McGee still hasn't decided if he's going to opt in or out of his contract. If right. he opts out, then you can go after Marcus Hall. But if he opts in, you don't need him. Right. I mean, I, I just don't know, man. I mean, I just I, – I was just shocked by that Gordon Hayward. That threw me off for the loop. I was just – I like that Rajon Rado threw you off because you didn't hear about that. No, that threw me off. But that Gordon Hayward was just surprisingly his, – might be historically bad. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe next year he might be one of the worst contracts to, like – just off the injuries he had, I think of being and, and not to mention, not to mention, they're still in the midst of that contract with Nick Batum. We're getting paid like they just waved them. Years. They waved them. They waved them. They did wave them. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! I didn't see that. That all right? There's something smart. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they did. Wave, yeah, they waved Nick Batum. I mean, the free agency is gonna get a lot crazier, man. So I'm, I'm definitely keeping tabs on that. Um. Kyle, you still didn't answer my question, though. What? No, I don't know. I really don't know who. I, I'm just not sure. I mean, Dennis Schroeder. I mean, I don't think he could do what. I like that pickup also. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers getting Dennis Schroeder. That would be my thing, honestly. I think he's gonna like. He's athletic. He's a good point guard. You know, he, I mean, I just think that's a good pickup for the Lakers. I mean, he could shine the brightest on the Lakers. I think he. I think he could shine. Out of all the free agents that go to, the, but that's it's only like it's so much more to get done. So I, as of right now, I'm just saying Dennis Schroeder. But I mean, yeah, I just, so y'all sleep, y'all sleep on that Chris Paul pick. I see Chris. I just feel like the Suns get. I don't know, man. I like I like Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I think they're gonna be. My, I just feel like they gave. I don't know. Chris Paul's 34, you know, and it's like how many years is he really gonna play like that? That's my whole thing. Right, you don't gotta, but what do you mean define like that? He don't need to be the guy, they got the guy, they just need him to be a leader. But, but how many, how many, how many, so how how much did they give up exactly? I know they traded like three, four, they gave up Kelly Oubre, he was pretty good. I mean, the how, so how many draft picks did they give up to? I'm not sure, I think they gave up. No, I mean OKC because OKC been stocking up. Last time I checked, they had like sixteen draft picks all all together. Like that's crazy. And well, you see they're doing. They're, they're tearing it down. They're starting up from scratch again. You saw they right. trade uh, trade Stephen Adams. Right. They might also trade Shea Gillis. No, they're not gonna trade him. He's still- what? What? He's the future. No, I forgot. I forgot. I felt because I forgot. I forgot. He's the second year. He's in the second year. I'm sorry. I forgot. Hey, hey, Colin. Hey, Colin. What? We gotta we gotta get back on the east, but all I'm gonna say is about OKC is I wanna see something from your boy Hami. Hey, Hama do Diallo. Oh yeah. man. Some, man. You ain't gonna see nothing from him just a couple dunks. <laughs> you just gonna see a couple dunks. Hammy, Hama do Diallo. All right. I mean, listen, I mean, so that so that concludes uh this this episode of the Sugar Zone Podcast. We will do the Western Conference and grade their draft selections next week. Uh, thank you so much for you guys tuning in and taking the time to listen to our podcast. Thanks a lot to my fellow co-hosts. I got some breaking news. Hold on. Well, what's going on? 
the Hawks are going at the Bondanovich now. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. The Hawks, the Hawks are making moves right at the Sixers. If we had to rank it like the best offseasons in the East, it's gotta be the Hawks. Yeah. Between the Sixers and Hawks, either one. I mean, can we give Daryl Morey a statue in Philly? Because he changed his whole. I just give Daryl Morey a statue when he didn't do just, nothing. Just get... <laughs> just, just get. Hey, I, I give, I give, I give Daryl Morey his kudos, but uh, he's only been here for like, like, how many months? Billy already, Billy already been making the playoffs. We haven't seen that in the playoffs in a while. All right, all right. Let's, let's we. All right. Well, we're, we're gonna finish this. But uh, like I said before, we will be doing the Western Conference draft selections and the offseason next week. So thank you for tuning in. Like I said, I want to thank my co-hosts, Chris and Kyrie. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, bro. I appreciate it. Always, always. And also, you can follow us on Instagram, the Restricted Zone Pod. Our link in tree is right beneath. Uh, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. Pop Bean and many more streams, you know, whatever stream is suitable for you. And once again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you. We'll see you. <laughs>